Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Marquis. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Welcome everybody to the Potaskew Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate Rico. What's up, man? What's up, dude? How's it going, dude? Um, I think like I have like a I don't know. I popped something in my shoulder, so my well, shoulder hurts. But otherwise, I'm dandy fucking rific. Well, that's what happens when you're digging a grave. But that's another conversation for another day because we have a guest. And that's true. Our, we have a guest. <laughs> we do have a guest. We've had a lot of guests this year, but that's not a bad thing. Our guest this week is a gentleman we met on Twitter, uh, Kyle Hester, who is shooting a new movie. Um, he's an independent movie f- filmmaker from L.A., and he's working on your third movie, Kyle, am I correct? Uh, what's up, guys? First of all, thank you for having me on. Sure. This is awesome. And um, so this this would be... Well, let's see. Um, the chair was the first film that I uh, produced. Okay. I, like the well, I was I was brought on as an actor, um, and then I ended up producing it. So, so we had the chair, zombie with a shotgun, um, preacher six, which is in post production now, and then I'm starting to raise money for another film called The Coop. Okay, so your your fourth one's in the beginning stages, then, if I'm correct, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. correct. Okay, correct. well. That's awesome. Um, definitely want to hear about Preacher Sits. I watched the trailer, Rico. I don't know if you had an opportunity before today. I saw the trailer uh, when he sent it to me. The, yeah. it looks it looks dope, dude. It, it, it reminds does. me of um, Priest with um, uh, the dude uh, fucking Vision. What's his name? Uh, Paul Bettany. Did you ever see that flick? It's like. It has those tones of it, and and I I dig it. I the the interesting thing is, is I'm a more of a horror buff than CJ, so yeah. I think I automatically appreciate it more than than CJ here. But yeah, but right this, on. Go ahead, Kyle. Please didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's, it's all good. Uh, yeah, it's um yeah, I, I'd say it's kind of like a grindhouse little bit. There's horror elements in it certainly, um, but it's it's like a, an action like a noir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's horror. that's kind of what I was <laughs> going to say, Kyle. Like, based on the trailer from what I saw, like, yeah, there's horror elements to it, but it doesn't strike me as like a straight out like Saw or one of the slasher right. films. Like, it's definitely more of a sci-fi thriller type thing. That's how I got. Yeah, from yeah, it. for sure, for sure. It is. Yeah, it's not a straight up horror. Like uh, the chair, you know, with Roddy Piper, that is a horror film. Um, so that's like a dark psychological horror. So if you haven't seen that and you're a horror buff, then definitely check it out. It was Roddy's last film and he was amazing. 
I don't think I knew that. That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, that reminds me. You've got some pretty heavy hitters in these films. I mean, I've only seen, the, especially, the, like I said, the Preacher 6 um, trailer, but I did see Roddy was in one of the other films. Like, you're getting some some pretty big names for an indie filmmaker. That's that's impressive. How are you pulling that off? Thanks, man. Uh, you know, actually, it's, it's just from having been in uh, movies and working with these people in the past. So it's kind of like I've, I've had uh, basically my like Rolodex of like, if I was ever going to make a film, sure. you know, who would I, who would I want to be in it? You know? So, um, so that's how, that's how uh, quite a few of the people, well, not quite a few, but several of the cast members from the chair um, are also in preacher six. And, um, and then, so like from, I met uh, Peter Mernick, uh, who's in who's in Justified and Jag and all that. I met him on the set of Andersonville a long time ago that John John Frankenheimer directed, mm-hmm. and uh, Carmen uh, Argenziano, who was in Godfather Two. He uh, was also on from that set of Andersonville. So it's just like I just like as an actor, kind of kept in touch with people and friends that I'd worked with in the past. Right. Um, what you was did Frankenheimer like yeah. Frankenheimer was amazing. He was like, uh, he could come on and he would basically like command this, the set, you know, when he was on there, it's like he, he walked on with authority, took over. Like you knew that like, okay, shit's happening. We're, we're getting down to business, you know? So yeah, he, I, I have not seen a director with the kind of like presence, uh, and just like takes charge at like like he did. It was very very cool. That's awesome. I love Frankenheimer. I uh, one of my all time favorite movies of his was uh, Manchurian Candidate. I mean that is just yeah. a total yeah. like achievement in its own way. Plus, I mean it gets a lot of hate, but I actually kind of enjoyed Reindeer Games a lot. His last movie. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I like it too. I mean, I he's just got such or he had. You know, just such yeah. a, um, an original uh, way of shooting and like kind of lining up shots and, and taking one long shot into a close up and then out of that close up to another long shot. Just like these four minute staged events, you know, that kind of took the audience on a ride with the cameraman. It was like and that's rare. And um, and and he could do that brilliantly. Um, I'm sitting here looking at the cast and I, I got to be honest with you, Kyle, these are not names I'm as familiar with, but I'm sure Rico knows some of them because he, that's his, his world. But, um, I gotta tell you, this one guy you got on for Preacher 6, I swear to God, at a glimpse, you would think it's Ving Rames because it, it looks just like him, I think. Anyway, Thomas Boykin. Oh, yeah, yeah. T- Tomas, he's amazing. He's amazing. Um, where, I met him. We had the same manager at at uh, at a certain point in our in our careers that that neither of us are with that same guy anymore. But um, he was one of those people where, like you know, um, I saw him working. It's like he was uh, quite. He's an amazing actor. So it's like that's that is how I think you really, if you want to be a successful, well, if you want to be successful anything, you got to use the best people, you know, sure. for it. Instead of uh, you know, because that's how that's how B movies end up looking like B movies is because <laughs> they don't have the high quality you know of of acting. It's like, and that's 
that's the people that are going to be selling the film. Right. You know, so, so that's, uh, that's why I was, and it's John Frankenheimer, you know, uh, yeah. went to, uh, one of his meetings, um, at the director's guild, uh, here in, in, in LA. And, um, and someone asked him, he said, what are, what's the most important thing about film? Like if you could tell a filmmaker, what is the most important thing? And he said, well, the first, the first thing is casting. And the second thing is sound. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, that was a surprising answer, you know, but that, but that's totally true. Cause you can tell, you know, if you don't have good sound, that's also one of the giveaways, you know, on, um, how good a film is. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's, it's a different level of type of film, but Rico, you remember when we did the Oscar episode, you said you're one of your bigger complaints about, um, Bohemian Rhapsody was some of the sound and the way that that was put together. Well, no, dude. I had a whole lot more other complaints well, about Bohemian Rhapsody, but I, I was kind of my. I think my my bitch of it was is that Bohemian Rhapsody was getting nominated for an Oscar for for basically just using the soundtrack of a bunch of Queen songs. I didn't think it was a caliber of a of a nominee because oh, the best sound is we're going to use all these tracks from from Queen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that was my complaint. I agree that most movies need good sound. I would also, if I can, add to Frankenheimer's responses. I no matter what, you you need good sound. You need good actors, but you need good writing, and you need good. I mean, yes, oh, yeah. sound great, and yes, the actors can act the shit out of it. But if they're not saying anything that's good, true, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. My um, my not- wife actually is uh the screenwriter for preacher six and uh and she's like we we kind of talked about it as as we were going like you know how the important parts of a of a film you know and it's like and sometimes like you know when how tarantino when when he writes like he'll he'll have the actors or the characters talking about something that's really has nothing to do with what's going on at that moment in the film you know uh it's it's like uh you know royale with cheese you know, when, when they're <laughs> right. about to go, like, you know, you know, bury a body or whatever they were doing. And they're talking about Burger King, you know, so it's like those moments are what give life to a script and, and originality. And, and I think that uh, with Preacher Six, like she hit it out of the park. Plug your wife. What's her name? Tracy Ray. Her name is uh, her name is Tracy Ray. And uh, she is a screenwriter. She's also uh, writing um, The Coop. So she's in the, in the middle of rewrites right now for that, which is going to be a, a modern uh, Western. So there, there will be blood. Interesting. <laughs> nice. I, I just realized I just said plug your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to let it go, but since you brought it up. Um, well, Kyle, have you had, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's try to switch from there. Um, I, I know that we've all kind of connected pretty quickly, but have you had an opportunity to check out the show at all? Get a feel for what we do. I I did I did uh, have um yes I, I was able to listen to some of it and Excellent. you guys are freaking awesome. Thank you. well thank you I wasn't looking for that necessarily but thank you I just wanted to make sure you were familiar with the the format and what we do and because we can be a little bit of a ball breakers and we try to have fun with it you know and I just want to make sure that that's something you're comfortable with before we take it too far. So, which one did you happen to listen to? Um. I, I couldn't tell you the title of it, um, but I know that you were, had mentioned something about uh, Clerks. 
Well, yeah, that, that doesn't narrow it down with our show, but yeah, we. Um, <laughs> That's I know I, every episode. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, I <laughs> sent you a couple. Right. I did send you a couple episodes. Is that one of the ones you listen to, or? Yeah. Speaking of good people, though, Kyle, because you mentioned you have to have good people, obviously off screen as well, and, and it turns out we have a mutual friend that you may be aware of, but I wasn't aware of until yesterday, and that's Jamie, cat ears. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she. Yeah, she's awesome. She, it's funny. She, uh, she, she DM'd me yesterday. She's like, "You're gonna be on their show. That's so cool." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome. Such a small world." So yeah. yeah. If I understood correctly, she's producing this, or preacher, or preacher six. She is one of the executive producers. Yeah. 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 So she's um she was awesome. She I mean preacher six would not have happened. In the time frame that it did without her, she was a, a huge part of, of making it happen. Yeah, well, we've only Shout talked to Jamie. her. Yeah, and we've only talked to her once because she we surprised her for Rico's birthday. Um, so we had her on the surprise episode for his birthday. But Kyle, cool. give us a little bit of um, background on you and how you started all, not just these movies, but like your your career. Because that sounds like you've been doing some acting long before you started making your own movies. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I started out uh, basically, I mean, acting has been the thing since I was in the seventh grade. It was one of those like, you know, watching, you know, fame on television. And uh, it was like, that's really cool. You know, how do I, how do I <laughs> be a part of that? Is there a high school like that, you know, around here? And um, so it turns out that there was a performing arts high school in Houston. And, um, and then I ended up doing that and um, dancing on tables and, you know, the whole the whole nine. Right. So, but. Uh, yeah, it's, and then I went to Cal Arts, and and uh, so it's been basically my you know since I was a kid. I, Cal I, Arts got a big roster of of, uh, of filmmakers and and animators and and actors. I mean, Tim Burton is yeah. a lot. You know, yep. that's, yeah. that's a cool. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of people that um, come out of Cal Arts end up being pre- pretty successful. I mean, it's uh, it's not an easy school to get into. So yeah. it's like they're kind of selective, and and now it's like really expensive. So I mean, if it, it now I would not be able to afford to go there without like you know mortgaging my entire future. Right. So, <laughs> but, so did uh, you have to yeah. put together like a reel or like an audition package of some sort before you to get in there? Like how did how did that process work? Uh, it's like a theater audition. Okay. So so it's it's uh, yeah it's monologues. So they actually. Um, they, I think, go around the country to like cities and, uh, and you audition at certain places. Like they'll go to North Carolina School of the Arts. And, and then I think they went to my high school in Houston. Um, I think they auditioned, I don't know, San Diego. But I mean, they'll, they'll go to major cities and hold auditions. And then um, and if you want to come, you know, to here to Valencia right. and uh, audition for them here. Do you remember your uh, monologue? God. Um, well, yeah, it was, um, they're, they're like big, uh, they wanted a Shakespearean, um, and then like a, you know, a comedy. Uh, so which one did I use? I think as you like it, I think might've done something from as you like it. Um, but, or I didn't know Shakespeare did as you like it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So they did. You mentioned being from Houston. Did 
and and please, you would know better, so I apologize with my ignorance, but were you in, and I know Houston's not exactly around the corner from Austin, because I'm kind of familiar with the state, but were uh, you there for when Linkletter was out there doing his stuff? Because I know that's a big influence on, like, Kevin, which is why we're here, so. That's really cool. Um, no, no, I, I think um, <laughs> I, I kind of, I was there. You know, like fourth grade through high school and then ended up coming kind of right out to California. And then I lived in New York for a couple of years and Atlanta for a couple of years and did some I did some theater at the Alliance Theater um, in Atlanta. And then actually that's Atlanta's where um, Andersonville happened. And then also that's where um, Last Dance was filmed in Tennessee right near there. So when I was living there is when I did those two films. So, God, which, Rico. which is not what you asked. No, <laughs> that, no, that's okay. If <laughs> the answer is no, our show. yeah, that, that, yeah, welcome to Potaskew. Um, no, but that's that's all right. No, because no, I look, I Rico is much more the um, historian when it comes to to movies. Like I, I can watch a movie and enjoy it, and thanks to him, I can break it down. But Rico's the one that like knows those facts and. All that kind of stuff. So, and I know what Linkletter started with Days and Confused out in Austin. So I just wasn't sure if you know that that lined up. So, right? And yeah, Rico's no, not it, talking. It didn't, it's not for me. But I mean, I think it's it's awesome. You know, people. It's like you can kind of blaze your own trail wherever you are yeah. now. You know, it's like it, it just. I mean, just because I happened to to be in Los Angeles, that's not the reason that like films are made. You right. know, so it's like. You could, people are doing it everywhere. So but, I think, I think that's, it's definitely changing in, in that way now, which is awesome. Sure. And, and from, a, especially from an indie film perspective, but from a major film perspective, you mentioned Atlanta, that like Georgia seems to yeah. be the hotbed these, these days for doing things. I'm, I'm guessing because of tax breaks of some sort, but you know, well, but yeah, now, yeah, for sure. For sure. Are, I mean, people are moving to Atlanta from here, um, you know, and, and from New York. So it's like, it's it's there's a lot of stuff going on so you know hopefully that uh, keeps going for them and uh and everybody gets to work well it's my understanding that a lot of filmmakers are also not going to perform not going to work in atlanta anymore based on the abortion laws right yeah yeah i think um from what i understand basically people are going to wait to see what happens from the courts um but i mean i think you know it's like if you have a choice of uh, you know whatever your particular moral standings are you know then you kind of gotta um you gotta stick to what you what you what your own personal code is you know and i think that uh for me you know it, it kind of like i was thinking about you know going to louisiana and doing something there and then you know when they pass the law i'm like well, yeah. I, I can't i can't do that now you right. know so um yeah but i don't know you just got you got to follow your own your own personal Code. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're not comfortable where you're making the movie, that you know, or or whatever project you're working on, podcast, movie, you know, album as a band, you're not going to be comfortable. The the, the material is not going to be as good because it's probably going to show through, even if it's on a subconscious level, you know. So, um, so tell us a little more about Preacher Six. Give us a little more background on the story, the concept. Oh, Rico, what did you want to say something? Yeah, what happened to Preacher 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5? <laughs> you got to watch the movie. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Those these these questions are answered. So, um, but uh, yeah, you definitely have to find out from the film. Um, but uh, yeah, so okay, here's a little a little backstory. Please. So, calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's Partner Plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway and maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's the Farmer's Dog.com slash listen. From, from, uh, I, I had been involved with this other, other person's project, um, that, that they had written. Um, and I, and I was like trying to help get it off the ground for about five years. And then from the point that money began to be in, like in almost, like in a, you know, like it's, we're talking to people who might want to invest. So it's like the illusion of money. It's not even like the money was actually in the bank and real. And now, you know, it's going to happen. But, uh, the writer of that film lost his mind. It's like, he didn't know how to deal with even, not even success, but potential success, Hmm. you know? So, so he, it's like the ego, you know, Ego precedes the fall or whatever that saying is. And, and, but that's exactly what happened. You know, it was like we went from being like, hey, we're going to make this happen together. And then to I can fire you whenever I want because it's my project and, and that kind of thing. Um, so it was like for other technical reasons, like I, I, he would not sign a um, it's a contract where you have rights to a film. Uh, or rights to represent a film ownership no 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 it's um it's like basically like when you when you sign a contract um that says you can represent the film and that you have legal access to represent the film power like a like a power attorney type of thing something something like that yeah something like that yeah so so basically and and he so he was not willing to do that and so so he basically you know and he's like well you know I'll find somebody else. So it, so that's kind of how it went. So I had made all these contacts and cast it and put, you know, a lot of my friends that you see in my film now, you know, I had lined them up with roles in it and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and then I ended up not being a part of the film anymore. 
um, because of this, the ego situation that happened with the, with the writer. And, um, and so this was like five years of my life that, that basically like in one fell swoop was that's over. Wow. That's done. All that energy that you put into something and now you're not in it or not doing it, you know? So, so I was, uh, pretty, pretty pissed, you know? And, um, when you, for yourself. yeah, yeah. When you waste that much time or spend that much time in, in earnest, you know, to try to make something happen and then get, get kind of yanked out from under you. And um, so I'm like, I'm livid. And this is all going somewhere, by the way. Um, so I'm out in the backyard and I'm like, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kicking cats and, you know, throwing <laughs> shit around and whatnot. And, and, uh, and I got a couple of cocktails in and my wife's inside and she's doing the same thing. And, you know, so we're like, what the fuck, man? You know, ah, and, uh, and I go back inside and, uh, and, and I hear my wife and she's going, preacher, like that. And I'm like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? It's like, I don't yeah, know, a- but this is really cool. And so she like, she starts kind of telling me this idea that she had um, about, about this like preacher, you know, and, and, and we kind of started spitballing ideas back and forth. Uh, about it and um and that was the inception of preacher six because it was like all right if if we're gonna spend that much time putting trying to make a movie happen then let's then we already know how to do it let's do it for ourselves and not like you know help other people do it that would potentially take away from you at a whim you know so so basically from the flames of that other project was born preacher six. Hmm. And, uh, so we started like, you know, that, that day she started, she started writing it and, and I made the Twitter account you can go to the Twitter account and see like when it was born or whatnot. And that was the day that, 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 that happened. I like to condone that pot does not condone kicking cats in the backyard, yeah, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that may or may not have been hyperbole. I don't actually kick cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rico, I love you. Um, I'm sorry. I just my my cat looked at me when you said that. I'm like, oh, it's like it hurt you. Um, that's funny. No, we we have a, a feral cat actually that was feral that's no longer feral that uh, adopted us, and he like kind of comes and goes now inside the house. All, all joking aside, that that story is is pretty. It's it's sad, but in a good way. I mean, it's like it's like a phoenix coming from the ashes. I mean, something that yeah. was awful that took away five years of your life, and now you're able to say, "Well, fuck it, I'll just make my own goddamn movie." That's exactly what happened. That is, ex- in, a, in a nutshell, what you just said is is how it went. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was nuts. You know, so it was like, what do you do? What do you do? You know, so I mean, fortunately, I was in a, a podcast. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but uh, it's like I was I was fortunately in a position where I knew how to produce. I knew how to put people together to make something happen. So I was like, so I, it, we had a launching pad to be able to do it. And my wife being a screenwriter, it's like, OK, well, here we are. We're a production company. Let's do this. You know, so but it sometimes it takes sometimes it takes something like that to actually give you the motivation to take the risk for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, to, to do something. Cause it's like, you know, all eyes on me, 
you know, it's like it was a huge risk. We started raising money, you know, you know, basically that day. You know, it's like we, you know, we started planning in the Indiegogo, which we did like, I don't know. I mean, you can go to Indiegogo and see how many we had. I think we had five total, and we had GoFundMe's, and you know, and we're still in post production. So it's like you know, we're still grinding along and you know, getting it finished. But like as an independent filmmaker, it's like people have, have no idea how much money things cost you know to to make a movie you know and uh and that's that was a huge part of like you know how do how are we going to do this and um and i just said you know there is no stopping it's like once this train starts rolling there is no oh well we didn't come up with it you know right. sorry guys uh we tried you know that was never ever an option for me you know right. it's like and the same thing with with my new film you know the coop that we're just we're just starting on now it's like okay as soon as as soon as we launch the first you know fundraiser for it this is happening no matter what so it's like i think you have to have that kind of mindset you know before you get into something like that no i know you're big into the indie film and i and we 100 percent support that i mean we have a friend in london working on his first short film right now and running into some of the same problems you're running and you ran into with funding and whatnot so we totally under a get that just from having talking to him and support it but have you or or did you ever want to shop this around to the major um no. studios no no, uh, it was, um, it was like, we're, because based on our prior experience with like having something not work that was sure. in someone else's hands. So it was very specifically, we're doing this because we will be able to have the control to finish it and then to get it out onto platforms and all that kind of stuff. And like distribution is a whole other thing, you know, that, uh, that filmmakers can lose money on because of, uh, distributors and um and then transparency and and all of that kind of stuff so so we do it in ourselves being your own boss that's, yeah that's totally important. that's what we love about this you know we we set the rules for pot you know we we can talk about what we want to talk about we talk about what we don't want to talk about and and it's definitely a democracy you know rico and i sit together and figure that kind of stuff out but like we we definitely get to set our own rules and we we like yeah, that and then, we, and then we can break them as yeah, we which we have. So, um, I, you know, again, from watching the trailer, Kyle, the the what was the budget on this? Because it looks it looks like it comes out of a major studio to me, anyway. Maybe maybe my eyes not as sharp as say Rico's, but uh, to me, it looks like it's coming out of a major studio. Like I know it's not because you've told us as such, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's I think it's just like finding the right people that have the the skills to pull something off. And, right. and that comes from putting together a project from the beginning is like knowing how you're going to pull something off. Because like our director, Grady Earls, um, he's does special effects. So so he knows how to do the digital effects that uh, that you'll see in those trailers. And um, so it's like, I know that like, I, I know how to pull off like the physical stuff and like I can do stunts and, you know, and I know how to build sets and cause I've done that as well. I've done everything. So it's like, a, you know, art directed things. So it's like, I know how to physically put a film together and it's like, so, and with his skills of, um, you know, doing the digital stuff. So that's how this was 
put together. And I think like, we're like, I don't know, at this point, like 185 in right now. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah. That's and that's, fun. yeah. Yeah. And that's like, you know, that's, that's scraping and, you know, and selling t-shirts and, you know, I mean, I, and we do have some private investors, um, sure. you know, like uh, our executives. Um, but the rest of it has been, you know, all of the, you know, the Indigo goes and the, the crowdfunding and GoFundMe and that kind of stuff. So it's definitely, it's definitely a grind. And I, I hope that we are able at one point, you know, to have these films be making the money to be able to make the next ones. Right. You know, because, because the, the you know, the, the crowdfunding and the Indiegogo, it's like, it, it would not have been possible without it, but it's, it in itself is a full-time job. Right. You know, it's like, uh, cause if you, you follow my, t- my Twitter, you know, so, so you see how many times a day I post about things, you know, sure. um, and it's, it's, yeah, that's a whole thing. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, it's not to the same level, but the amount of, you know, tweeting we do to try to keep the show relevant while, you know, maintaining daily jobs is, you know, yeah. tweeting in and yeah. promoting and whatnot. So, and, and obviously we're not, at the level that you're at where you need to try to raise funds. I mean, fortunately we, we can do this without the need to really raise anything. We just put it out there for the world to hear, but yeah, you know, and, and again, from the trailer, man, the quality of this thing looks, I mean, it's, that's one of the first things Rico and I said to each other after we watched the trailer was that like for an indie film, this level of quality is uh, at least in, in my personal experience, it's never been to this level that I've seen. You know, that doesn't make the other films bad just to put that out there for everyone else. But, you know, so you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're making a high quality product, man. I, I appreciate that. I really do. I, I really do. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's kind of like the, the, the perfect storm of knowing who does what really well. Right. You know, and, um, and then letting those people do that. You know, it's like, cause I'm the first to tell you, you know, if, if I don't know something, I'm not going to try to put my hands into something and, you know, so I do it like this. Like, you know, you get on a set and like, you know, the producers will come over and say, well, well, can't we have the crane attached to the house? And it's like, well, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. It, it, you know, so it's like, so it's like, you know, render unto Caesar, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. So yeah. I'm I'm the first person to uh, to like if I know what I'm doing then like I'll get my hands on that and if, but if I don't and I'll be like I don't know you know it's like how how what what how does so the camera you look through this way right you know what I mean so yeah. it's like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not that guy you know but uh, so I think that's 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 part of it you know how long it's was the shoot own way what's that how long was the shoot um. We've actually shot a couple of times. Um, two summers ago, I went to Arkansas, and um, and we shot some of the. If you look at the, we have a trailer from like two years ago that you can see, or maybe not quite two years ago, but um, but all of that footage was done in Arkansas, and mm-hmm. then the the trailer number three, um, that's from last summer's filming here in los angeles uh on the stage so i'd say as far as how many days um total it's probably like 21 days over but the course of a year and a half o- over the course yeah yeah exactly yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, like the, because of, of the majority of the action happened all at the same time with all of those actors. So it's like, so I had to, I couldn't like shoot on the weekends or do anything like that because like everybody in the cast, they're all like working actors. And these are people that like, you know, you need to book their time and, and have, okay, this is when we're shooting, you know? So it's like, I have to have a bazillion dollars that we're going to spend in two weeks because mm-hmm. everything costs money, you know, jeez, right. um, it's, it's a big, it's a big deal. It is a lot of work. Of but course. It is. Yeah. It's we, all worth it. It's all worth it. We, we have that friend, uh, who I, I, you may or may not have listened to, uh, his episodes, Matty Granger, who he, he told us that like, he is amazed with, the accomplishments of filmmakers because it's like, we are kind of like a small army. We can go, go into a a state or a country and like build a whole city. If we need to in like within six hours, everybody has food. Everybody knows what they're doing and the whole building, you know, the set is built. Like we, he's like, it's kind of amazing to know that probably the best assassins are like film crews. If we're really being honest, they could sneak in, get the rights, and then just like kill their mark and film it, and then leave. <laughs> I I think he actually yeah. used the phrase "more efficient than the army." I believe was the phrase he used because he he said, like Rico said, they go in, they set up a whole town, and then they live there for however many days, and then collapse it down like they were never there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there there's definitely something to that. I, I've heard. Um, kind of like the hierarchy of you know film described like that like military operations and um it yeah you have generals and lieutenants and you know all all the way you know to try to get it all happen everybody's got their own job to do what were the go-to movies for you uh when you were a kid and you know that movie that you just kept re-watching again and again because everybody has that <laughs> the shining mm. the shining with jack nicholson that was uh I think um, for me, that was actually what made me want to do film is like watching Jack Nicholson's performance in that and and like just like, you know, emulating what he was doing. You know, I I would I would like part of Jack's mannerisms came into my acting and I was like, OK, wait a minute. No, no, I, I can't do that. Uh, you know, bring it up. Let me, hear, let me hear your Jack Nicholson. Let me hear it. Oh man, I haven't done Jack Nicholson in a long time. Um, Here, I'll do mine, then you can do yours. Hey, wait, wait, I got it, I got it. Okay, so here we are on the stairs. Wendy, put the bat down, Wendy. Put the bat down, Wendy. <laughs> I um, b- based on your answer though, that leads me to two questions, and more in my realm. So I apologize, Kyle, for kind of getting away from from your realm a little bit. But one. Did you see Ready Player One? No. No. Okay. <laughs> they no. The reason I ask you that is because they do a. Would Rico? Would you say almost shot for shot, at least in the beginning? There are, there are shot for shot scenes. There you go. But it's not. It's not. A, it's not a direct. Do you know the? You know the basic concept of Ready Player One. Please school me. Well. The movie. I'm not. We're not talking about the book. Yeah, the, the movie. movie. It's a video game world. The world has kind of gone to shit, and everybody kind of just goes into the video games to one actually earn money, 
because it, 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 the video game world is just better than the actual world if you're if you're poor, basically. But everybody's in it. It's an escape fantasy. The right. creator of the video game, before he died, announced basically that there are three literal Easter eggs in the game. And this game is super vast and like it's literally worlds and planets that you have to like, kind of go to. And if you find all three of the Easter egg keys, then you basically become the new owner of the video game and become super f- famous and you have con- complete control. Yada, yada, yada. In order to solve the riddles where to find the key locations, they had to go deep into the creator of the video game's mind. And his all-time favorite movie was The Shining. So there is a, there's a part in the movie where they are running around in the fucking hotel of The Shining. Wow. Being yeah, and- chased by the old lady with a knife and, and Jack, a Jack Nicholson-looking guy with an axe. And the, the torrents of blood. I mean, it's because of Spielberg. At Spielberg, it was friend, friends with Kubrick. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. He made a giant homage to The Shining. And it's, yeah. It's not, it, it's not in the book. Yeah. No. It's wow. totally so That's I, really cool. My reason for asking that was because I was going to ask you what you thought of it, but obviously you've never seen it, so you can't answer that question. My other one is we're big into the comic book movies, so the X-Men's, the Marvel stuff, yeah. all that stuff. And Rico, I think it was on Twitter you put out there that Nicholson could have played... Wolverine if it was like 20 years ago. Well, Maddie put Maddie. out because because uh, Jack Nicholson kind of looked like Wolverine from the movie Wolf when he played a werewolf. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, he, had, yeah. he had the hairiness and he looks like he looks like a wolf. But then I said, actually, I said, well, I think a young ferocious Al Pacino could have done it. But really, if I'm looking, if I'm thinking about it, how tall are you, Kyle? Uh, 5'10". Okay, so you're too tall to be Wolverine, you're, so oh, you're out. stop. <laughs> we have this argument all the time when it comes to Wolverine about height. Anyway, he wants he wanted Danny DeVito for what it's worth. So like that's... I just want Danny DeVito. I want me to be fucking Wolverine. <laughs> um, Kyle, if you had your choice of any role you could have had, whether it's, you know, something that could be coming up or something that's already been out, you know... Forget time being a thing. Any movie you could have been in, what is the role you would love to have had a, a chance to play? I think it was The Shining. Uh, hmm. I'd have to say um, Keanu Reeves' role in The Matrix. Really? That's a, it's a yeah. fun role, man. I can imagine that's got to be fun to do. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it'd be, it's funny because that was like another super groundbreaking film yeah. for for its time you know it's like kind of, you know with a bullet time you know mm-hmm. it's like that all of that just like but what what am i watching oh my god how do they do that right. you know all that kind of stuff it just really 
really you know set another bar you know for like where where films is gonna go and it's and i think that now i I think that they've kind of gone as far as digital effects like to a place where it's almost too much um particulates i don't know if you know like uh that kind of thing but it's like uh it's like where the you know when explosions happen and stuff like that like in transformer and all that kind of stuff where there's like so many moving things like hundreds and thousands of little things moving all at the same time to, 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 to make something, right? you know? And, um, it's, it's like, just because you can do something doesn't mean you need to do it in every shot, you know? And I think like, so people will get a toy and then like, that will be the thing, like the next like thing instead of like, well, what's, what are we trying to say with this movie? You know, right. with like this this scene or this character or or whatever, and I think that when you let the toys run away, then it it actually kind of takes me out of the moment. You know, it's like, what am I looking at? This is like too much. You know, but that I mean, that's just me. But I think that like it might be changing now. But I think they kind of ran away with all the particulate effects at at one point where that was like everywhere. I can agree with that. I, I'm I'm old school. If I want to see a bunch of shit flying in the air, they better be fucking flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz. You know, I want more practical <laughs> effects as opposed to CGI. You know? Yeah. Well, speaking of practical effects, um, so, okay, so Preacher 6 was like a combination, but there is a lot of CGI in it, which is actually why post-production is like, this is, we've been last, we filmed it last summer, and so we're still in post now. Mm. So, um, because of the, the digital effects, um, and, uh, so we're still, cause things take so long to render, you know, sure. and like, so we need to buy more computers or have, you know, or borrow some people that have like super computers or whatever. So we're working on that right now. Um, but, uh, as far as like practical effects, this, this new film that we're going to be working on, uh, called the coop, which is the modern Western that I mentioned, uh, mm. that's going to be all practical so and like uh my character um is heavily into uh weapons and booby traps and and that kind of thing um uh, so i'm gonna be making those things so it's nice. and all of yeah so stunts are gonna be real and so it's like all all of it's gonna be completely different where from what we did before and that's kind of like what we decided you know with the films that we make is like always keep the audience guessing so that you, you're not like, Oh yeah, well that's like what they do, you know, or whatever. So it's like, so I went from like, you know, the chair, which is full on horror film, you know, to zombie with a shotgun, you know, which is like a, an art house film really. Uh, so it's, I would, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, thousands of zombies, you know, that, that kind of thing. It's, it's more like a, it's more like an art, an art house film. It's not um, World War Z, basically. It's more, right. yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's like cerebral, you know, like, right. like that, that kind of thing. Um, and then Preacher 6, which is, you know, highly effects driven um, digital. And, and then we go to the coupe, which is the modern Western, which has zero digital in it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that uh, you know, I mean, like I, I know that you can see me. It's like my hair is like super long, and I have a beard and whatnot now, and that's all for um, for the coop. But I think that in each of the films that I've done, it's like I'm kind of a chameleon, you know, with it. So 
never know what you're going to get. But that, see, that's a <laughs> that's a good thing, though. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if the, if you consider this a fair comparison, but like, um, James Cromwell is one of those guys. That guy is everywhere, and 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 such a good actor. And and even the guy you got for Preacher Six, who, if I read your tweet correctly, it was his last film as well. And I'm pulling the cast list up again, but. Um, Oh, what's his name? It's moving Carmen. slow. I'm sorry. Uh, Car- yeah. Like that guy it was everywhere. I can't yes. tell you how many times I've seen him in movies, but you know, and sometimes they were two seconds. Like I know uh, off the top of my head, gone in 60 seconds, he has like a 30 second role and that's it. But like he does. Yeah, that. He was in Swordfish. Yeah. Thank you. What? Yeah. 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 He's been in yeah, a bunch he, of stuff. He worked, he worked a lot. So he, yeah, he was, he was everywhere. And uh, I mean, great actor. I am a little concerned though that th- that was his last movie, and it's Roddy Piper's last movie about like actors in your films, man. That's a little frightening. <laughs> like, I <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm an actor. I was going to volunteer my services, but now I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, that's that's funny. Well, uh, yeah, you know what? It's it's uh it's unfortunate that um, yeah. That- yeah. Those things happen. I didn't actually even know uh, Carmen was sick, and um, and he, I didn't know that he was sick, and um, and he never told anybody, you mm-hmm. know. And and I think that that's one of those things where he was just like doing his thing for as long as he could do it, yeah. you know. And he had he had that knowledge, you know, that he just never shared. And and he showed up, and he was a trooper every day. And it's like, and yeah, you, know, you can see when see when somebody's you know tired and you know it's all right i got your back man no no worries you know and not knowing you know that there's actually something wrong or what's going on but uh so we we got you know we got through all the days and uh and uh he was he was he was great man but you know fuck cancer yeah oh is that see i i wasn't even aware like you said he wasn't really talking about it so that's just a yeah. shame. Yeah, I, I had I had no idea. So like when when he did when he passed away, it was a, a total it was a total shock to me. Um, you know, as it was to everybody else because sure. he just he didn't tell anyone. Well, I mean, you got a great actor in it, and honestly, you know, going back to the last one, the, the, I think you said the coop. I you know, all kidding aside, Roddy Piper was actually a pretty good actor. Like a lot of people don't give him credit for that. I think, and he he was a decent actor. Like I'm not going to tell you he was you know. A list, maybe, but definitely. You know, great but, no, no, I, I tell you what, man. Um, if you, if you like, I, I know you don't like horror films, but <laughs> he gave a really amazing performance in the chair. I mean, it was it was subdued and uh, it was really, really super intense on a quiet level. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think that. I mean, yeah. I mean, we didn't really have it in film festivals and that kind of thing um, for awards. But I mean, he, I think that he gave an award winning performance for sure. Hands down. And, and just to be fair, real quick, Kyle, like, yeah, horror films aren't necessarily my forte, but that doesn't mean like when we meet people like you, I will still try to check out the material. So I will, you know, make an effort to, to find it and watch it, you know, and, and that kind of thing. It just may not, may not make my top five list but i'll certainly give it a give <laughs> that's it a all viewing. right yeah you, you know what it's like it's kind of funny because um i'm not i'm not a huge horror guy either yeah um so uh, it, it it's things that like i don't search out 
but I do know that like horror's got a huge audience. Yes, it does. You know, and yeah. um, and and they're loyal followers. Like people yes. that like horror films love horror films. Now they'll watch anything. You know, it's like if it's uh, you know even if like the B movie, it's like they love the B movie stuff. You know, yeah. because yeah. of the, it's got its own genre and thing, and the scream queens and like all that kind of stuff that uh, it kind of like made its own niche. You know, for like what you're what you're gonna get, and the people search it out. What's your take on the original 1978 Halloween oh, film? Jesus Christ, Rico, I hate you. <laughs> What's my take on it? Um, yeah. I think that was one of the creepiest films that I'd ever seen. You know, I, I, yeah, I thought that was an amazing film. So um, wait, I will give you the background here, right? So you know they put out that remake of, or not really remake, the sequel to Halloween last last year, I think it was. Yeah. And right. so we did an episode where I watched the original 1978 one for the very first time, and Rico went and watched the the new one, and then we came together and discussed it. And I hated the first one. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. And he has not let me live it down. <laughs> Since since that recording, every chance I get, I remind him that he is alone in this universe. You know, actually, CJ, I want to tell you, my brother said that he didn't like Hall- the first Halloween either. But you know what? I don't know if my brother has good taste in films. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I yeah, it's look. It, I my came around a little bit on it when Henry gave us the description that he did on your birthday episode, which he called it the clerks of horror films. And that kind of got well, me to look at it differently. Well, no, I said that that he repeated what I had said. Uh, I'm giving I'm giving the credit to Henry. But anyway, um, okay. that's which, that's awesome. Give us a little more on the um, I th- if I got to write the coop, the modern Western you can you tell us a little more about it, or is that kind of hush hush for the moment? And I respect that if it is. Well, well, here's here's the thing. Okay, like in today's world with um, with social media and yeah. and people that actually have money uh, that could like because because our ideas are pretty unique. So I mean, you're not going to even really know you know what's what Preacher Six is about. You know, from the trailer, I mean, you can kind of get it. You know, right. like small town preacher fights demons this looks cool you know so it's like that's but the story of it is actually pretty complicated and um and original you know so 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 we don't we don't really put the that much of the plot out there and that's the same thing with uh with you know with the coop it's like you know like quentin tarantino it's like you know the actors don't really you don't know you don't get the script until you're on set right and that's fair so yeah we respect that, no so, problem. So, yeah, so I mean, but basically, um, we're we're kind of talking about like how how we can talk about the plot of the coop now, you know. So so we're having discussions amongst ourselves about how we're going to game plan that with like telling, you know, because you had obviously people need to be excited about something, so you have to know how you're going to kind of pitch it to make people excited. And then, um, but without giving it away. So we're talking about how to do that right now. Uh, that's fair. We can respect that. And then the other, the other quick question I had for you is, I know it's still in post and you're still trying to raise funds for the post, but is there a, an anticipated release date for Preacher 6 or no? Well, we definitely want to get it out this year. 
Okay. So, um, so yeah, so that it, we're looking to, to have it out for 2019. So it's just a matter of like when and how quickly we can get things all wrapped up. And so, and that has to do a lot with, with the effects and computer stuff and that sure. kind of thing. All right. Well, when it when it's ready to go, you let us know, and we'll make sure we we put the word out from our end. And then uh, I look forward to seeing it. Honestly, the trailer's got me hooked. I want to see it. So, well, cool. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the time. And um, yeah, anytime, man. I'd I'd love to come back on, and we can we can talk more when it's getting closer. Yeah. Plug your Twitter. Twitter is at Kyle D Hester. That's uh, D is in David H E S T E R. And you can go to Preacher Six is at Preacher Six, all one word, and then uh, at the Coop Film, all one word. And we'll and, have uh, we'll have links to all that in the descriptions and our our that's Twitter because post. You're awesome. So yeah, no, well, thank you, man. We appreciate that. <laughs> um, listen, Kyle, we appreciate your time. I know it's limited, so thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing the movie when it comes out. Thank you so much. And you can talk amongst yourselves about, you know, how you really feel about me once I hang up. So we uh, will. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Take it easy. All right, guys. Bye, Bye, Kyle. Bye. Well, all right, man. That was Kyle. He's a fun dude. Yeah, he's good. He's a nice guy. And and he looks like the dude. (laughs) At least he did today. But I think that's because he's getting ready for that film. But still. He he also kind of looks like, I want to say the actress is Michael McKean. But with a beard. The guy from Spinal Tap? Yeah. Yeah, it's Michael McKean. Yeah. I I just kept thinking like, fuck, he 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 looks like he looks like the dude from Spinal Tap. Yeah, but it was a it was a fun guy and I, I, I look, I was already kind of on board for Preacher Six, but now like um I wanna see this movie. Like, really. Yeah, man, I want him to fucking send us a copy. You fucking better after we had on the show. <laughs> Kyle, get your shit together and fucking set us a copy. Um, the other thing um, is uh, the coop, like this modern Western. Like, I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to play out. Yeah, I'm not a big Western guy. I've said that a yeah, couple times. But, but, like, I, I dig. The Westerns are kind of coming back, and they are doing the modern western vibe like hell or high water i actually thoroughly enjoyed did you see that no it's uh chris pine ben foster and um actually the dude i think jeff bridges oh wow and (laughs) and it's like these two brothers their mother dies and they are trying to save the farm so they rob banks to pay back the the mortgage Huh. Before the farm gets uh, foreclosed, and uh, Jeff Bridges is the sheriff who's trying to track them down, and it's it, it is got that modern day western vibe, kind of like No Country for Old Men, you know, like that. I would argue that's a modern day western in, a, in its own way. Okay, Set um, in the seventies, but still, you right, know. right, right. I I think I'm visualizing something different, not in that movie, but in what. Kyle's building then because like I don't know I don't know either way I'm excited to see it you know yeah so. man I, I'm I you know as he was talking about you know these you know like Roddy Piper I was like you know he it, the way he was describing him was sort of how Kevin would talk about Michael Parks yeah 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 you know just this 
underrated but still very good actor. I mean, did you? I mean, they live as as weird of a movie as it is. It has a very has a very good performance from Roddy Roddy Piper. Right. Did you ever see They Live? No, no. We're, you're gonna have to see where They Live. I I've seen him act though. And I don't just mean like wrestling stuff. Like I've seen him actually act, and and he's right. he's got chops, man. I, I I don't remember what I saw him in. I I know it wasn't They Live, but still, um, right. He he's got some chops. Um, so again, I know he's not here at this point, but Kyle, thank you again for joining us. We really did appreciate that. It was a good conversation, and and I think I speak for both of us. We're looking forward to the movie. And if somehow we can get like a pot of skew, like fucking thermos or something in your modern <laughs> western like you know cowboys drink coffee too man there you go there you go um hey we're already gonna I'm be in henry's movie. movie i think that's a good start so fuck that i want this shit everywhere <laughs> we'll get there buddy we'll get there um speaking of everywhere there's some some for lack of a better phrase some breaking news it seemed to have come out today about bond Attention shoppers, we now have taste in the bread aisle. Dave's Killer Bread. That's right, an organic bread that's no longer a sedative for your taste buds. Dave's Killer Bread is on a mission to make the most of the loaf, to rid the world of GMOs, high fructose corn syrup, and artificial ingredients, and plant the seeds of good in all that they bake. Killer taste, killer texture, and always organic. Dave's Killer Bread. Bread amplified. 25 and... And it's um, let's just say it's it's surprising. Like I don't know that I have a problem with it. I want to put that out right up front, but I'm a little I, I'm kind of unsure how I feel. Let's put it that way, because um, I'm still digesting <laughs> the news. Well, I have, but, I have a theory to it, but let me watch you break the news, and I'll I'll basically tell you my theory. So apparently, Lashana Lynch is an actress's name, and for those of you who've seen Captain Marvel, she's um. Carol Danvers' best friend from that movie will be taking over the role of 007. There's going to be a transition from Daniel Craig to her during the the plot of Bond 20, what's currently being called Bond 25. And I, uh, I don't know. Like, I look, and I think I've talked about this before. I've never been the biggest Bond person. Like before Daniel Craig, I was not a Bond fan. Like, I didn't watch James Bond movies. I didn't care. The only thing I ever cared about James Bond was Goldeneye for the N64, you know, which, you know, was a great game, but that's the extent of my... It's, a, it's To be fair, it's a great movie, too, for really, you know... And, and that may be. I don't think I've ever seen it in full. I think I've seen pieces of it, but I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Um, but, but what you're glossing over what, is what? that it's a woman... And it's also an African American woman. I, oh, she's British, I think. So I, she's she's black, and that's not being yeah. right. But yeah, well, I don't she's, think she's she's, It's a term. It's called black British. Is, is how is they it? do it in English. Okay. Yeah. There you go. All right. I was um, not aware. So which means it, whether you, I don't know how to say it without coming off like an asshole, but it is going to spark controversy, no matter what the situation, because it is a you know, a woman and it's a black woman. And, and there, there are those that are going to be like, no, James Bond is white and male. His name is James Bond, not Jane Bond. And 
my theory, because from what I remember reading of the synopsis, that whoever the I don't know if it's Sony or MG, it's Sony now that's releasing the Bond flex. They have said that at this point Bond is retired. We, Bond meaning Daniel Craig is retired. Well, and and the thing that I think, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Rico. I apologize, but one of the things that I'm getting from this article that I think is important to stress is she's not going to be Bond. It, it's it's the 007 portion that's transferring. It's not the James Bond part of it. So she's going to be a... It doesn't say that I can see in here a name to the character, but the character will have a name and be so-and-so 007 as opposed to James Bond 007. It's embracing that theory that all the previous Bonds were just different guys with the number 007. They and, all just happen to be given the name, the code name James, James Bond. Bond right. But that is this new, the Daniel Craig Casino Royale was a reboot because his name is James Bond and it's an origin story. So that negates this whole previous theory, right? but it's embracing that type of theory. But my theory is that since Bond is already retired because he basically gave up at the end of Spectre, is that he is now in seclusion or he's retired. He's living comfortably with fucking that fucking woman that he has been dating for the last one. Whatever the fuck her name yeah, is. Swan I or yeah. <clears throat> so I, I think it's going to open with, um, remind me of the actress's name again. The, I, I don't want to just call her Marie Rambeau or whatever uh, the fuck uh, her name is. From, uh, the, the person taking this role. Lashana yeah. Lynch. So she is going to be the new double seven. And I think that's how it's going to open. And then I think she's going to get killed. And then they're going to use that as motive for bond to come out of retirement and go back into the bond role, or they'll flip it or, you know, he'll be taking on this new protege while trying to track down fucking Blowfield and, and Freddie Mercury and whatever the fuck. <laughs> Because Rami Malek is in it. So. Yes, but Rami Malek. <laughs> well, all right. Um, Blowfield uh, Rhapsody. Is, um, <laughs> oh, my God. Is that. Uh, so it'll either be at least, at least she's already it, uh, 007 on... and he's going back to the role, or he is still retired and he's sort of training her as the new 007. I don't think, if I'm really being honest... I think they're they're taking a leap of making 007 a black woman, but they're not going to stick with it. I, I don't know if they have enough courage to do that because there is going to be backlash from this. Don't don't there get already is. That's what I'm saying. Um, so I, me... I don't think they're going to stick with it. I don't think we're going to have her be the next quote-unquote 007 for the next couple films after Daniel Craig is officially done. Right. I think it's just going to be a one-time gimmick kind of thing for the for the sake of the movie. You know, they're having their cake and eating their chicken. They're being like, hey, we made Bond, you know, black and a woman, but also, no, we're going to go back to this. Okay, well, you know? I have a question about that, but I'll get there in a second, only because I want to read a little bit of this from the article that I've got up. Um, this is from The Sun. 
uh, which is a British newspaper for those who need to know. But if you search the sun online, you'll find it. Um, <laughs> Did the British even see the fucking sun? Right? I know. It's so fucking cloudy. Um, it says an insider told the mail, which I think is a division of the sun newspaper. There's a pivotal scene at the start of the film where M says, come in 007, and in walks Lashana, who's black, beautiful, and a woman. This source also revealed that Bond will then be brought out of retirement in Jamaica to thwart a global global crisis. So, there's your, your kind of just backing up what you were saying. My theory, and I'm... Wondering, and this literally just hit me. So I'm again, I'm still kind of digesting all this. And when I say that, it's not because I have a problem with it, but I'm just trying to absorb it and kind of process it through my brain. Um, because there was a lot of talk about Idris Elba playing Bond for a long right. time, and he even came out and said he didn't want to do it because the focus would be on him being the first black Bond as opposed to the movie. Mm-hmm. And or something to that effect. I might not have the exact phrase, but that's yeah. basically the point he was making. I wonder if this allows them to then hire him for Bond 26. Not saying that she shouldn't have the role, but okay, having Lashana step in as 007, whether it's Bond or not, and, and all accounts say it won't be, then that takes this first black bond off the table it cancels it out right right exactly and not only do they cancel that out but they cancel out the woman thing so now you could have i think they cancel out more the the race than the gender but i think it kind of cancels out a little bit of both and opens the door maybe not in 26 for female but it opens the door for 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 lack of a better phrase jane bond down the road whereas in the interim you can do Idris Elba now if he wants to do it or someone else for that matter like you know I don't know Donald Glover or whatever you know well I I think the most important rules they have to at least be of UK well yeah that's always yeah I I was just pulling out actors that I could think of off the top of my head but right um it's funny you say that because Amelia Clark released, like she said that she would love to play Jane Bond. And, I don't know who that is. Uh, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Terminator, Genesis. That, oh, that. okay. I know her from Genesis. I didn't see, you know, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Right, right, right. She's the blonde dragon chick. Um, oh, oh, she's also in, um, anyway, I, yeah, she's in something else I've seen, but I can't think of what it is right now. Go ahead. You know, my my whole take is I don't I'm not I mean we did talk about this when we did the shaken uh not, not stirred so. yep. episode. I do appreciate the traditionalness of male like white male bond because because that's that's what I grew up with. Um I'm not saying I don't want it. I'm all for trying and exploring new interpretations of the character especially if you're going to go with it's just a number you know it's just a code number yeah but i think it's actually in a weird way i think it's more sexist to change the role to accommodate a woman whereas i think a 
they should embrace a new role. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Well, like instead I of saying, so. instead of calling like for a woman being Jane Bond because it sounds like a gimmick. I would rather see someone who's as badass as Bond, but be a woman and have a complete like like Salt. I think Salt could have done yeah exceptionally well because Angelina Jolie, you know, has the star status of taking on she if she, you know. I don't, I don't know how to say it, but if she was a male and British, she would be an obvious choice to be James Bond. Well, yeah, and I mean, to the same point, Atomic Blonde, which I thought was Atomic a good movie. Atomic Blonde with Charlize yeah. Theron, you're right. Um, real quick on the Amelia Clark thing, how did you not pull Solo as your reference? Because that's where I would know her from. Oh, all right, man, I'm sorry. The- I didn't think of fucking Solo. Jesus. Yeah, nobody thinks it's solo. Anyway, I so, like solo. I just I like it too. Um, the, the most fucking thing she's famous for is Game of Thrones, but you could give less of a fuck. Less of a fuck is quite the word. Um, mm. Anyway, I look. I personally like, like I said, still kind of, kind of wrap my brain around it. But like, if, if they're using it as a transitional piece, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know. I'm 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 more okay with any. I, I think it should be a male role. That's that's really. I don't care the the uh, nationality of the actor as long as he's British. I don't care the color of his skin, but I think they're going to have a hard time making the whole thing be believable that it's a woman playing James Bond, or you know what I'm saying, like. I think we are. All, I think it's on the verge of being there, and I think you may be right that this is a stepping stone to get to there. But I would personally rather just see a whole other franchise and make it just as interesting or just as good. Again, I got to talk Salt. I thought Salt was really well done. You know, the Americans get born, the British get Bond. Why? You know, there should be another interesting franchise that obviously will be compared to Bond, but everything is going to be compared to everything. I mean, well, every yeah, new sci-fi movie is going to be compared to something else. Well, every new well, action movie is going to be that too. Yeah, why not all spy films are always compared to Bond? Because that was the first real, like, you know, successful... It's the What's that? It's the granddaddy. Oh, I mean, yeah, totally. It, it really I mean, is. Bourne was compared to Bond. I heard those comparisons, you know? And, yeah. yeah. Um... All in all, I'm I'm okay with it. Um, I think it's I think it'll work. I just surprised to see it, but not because I have a problem with it, but just because you didn't expect to see that. <laughs> well, I will give credit to the actress. I think the actress. I didn't really give her enough praise in my rant for Captain Marvel, but I thought she did. She was very credible in yeah. the role that she was given. I thought she added. I can see, I can believe that she, her character is friends with Carol Danvers. Agreed. You know? I, I think though, my, if they're not going to use Bond as the name, so it's going to be, you know, something different, 007, whatever it's going to be, I would have liked them to give the, the woman that played Money Penny a chance. Cause she's an African American, well, not African American, but same thing. She's British, black British, black, black British and, She's already in the organization, so why not just elevate her to 007 status? That's 
I, if I have a complaint, it's not because they're using an, a black British woman. It's because they, I think they're using the wrong one. And not because I don't like the actress, but why not give this woman a, who's already been there a chance? You know, I would argue that the character of Money Penny is so, is just in a, in a roundabout way, just as important as the name James Bond. So I don't, they don't want to cheapen the name. And I would imagine that the character would be like, why would I be 007? I'm 008. Fuck 007. I'm my own spy. You think and so? I can see, yeah, I can see Money Penny. I, I can see, um, who is it? Um, M having this conversation with Money Penny. Be like, now we want you to be the new 007. You're just like, fuck that. I want to be 008. Can I be 008? What's wrong with 008? Eight's a good number. Five, why not I going to be seven? <laughs> and just give her, get, have her give Ray Fine some shit. He's like, no, no, 007, you know, we have an opening. She's like, dude, motherfucker, this number's all over. Like, give me 009. Like, get, right. why do I got to take up this old fucking motherfucker? Yeah, you know what? They don't really have that many numbers, though, if you think about it. Because 00 status is is a thing, like calling it 00. So once you get to 9, you're SOL. Because it's not 0010. That would be weird. Well, you can. Well, the double it just sounds good. I mean, well, I, I see I'm what saying. you're saying, but like, yeah, you. I mean, I could see double o sixty six. I mean, it's it's you know double o thirty seven. Um, in you a row, double yeah, in a row. I mean, it, it's you could still do it. I I mean, I, if they threw out like this is double o six thousand two hundred ninety seven, I'd be like, all right, they need to fucking reboot this shit, <laughs> right? So, all right, man. Well, I just wanted to bring that up. Is there any anything else you want to say about it? Because I think we've kind of hit what, what we can. I mean, we don't have a lot of information, and there's not much more to talk about until more information comes out. I just want a fucking name to uh, Bond Twenty Five is fine, but I'm I really just want to hear what the fuck is going to be called. Call it something. It's got to have a catchy name. It's got to title be, the movie. Yeah, you know, I don't. The Bond name is sacred. Like the Bond title has got to grip you and it's got to hook you. I mean, Skyfall, whatever your complaints about Skyfall was, it's got a really interesting, good Bond title. Yeah. Same with Spectre, even though the movie I thought was kind of weak. Quantum of Solace, who the fuck even knows what the hell that means, but it sounds like a Bond title. It does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, you know, you know what they should call it? Polescu. <laughs> <laughs> that was a new Bond movie. I'm, I'm calling it Pot Askew. You know. Uh, uh, wait, wait. And a skew to a kill. A skew to kill? A skew oh. to a kill, yeah. No, take the A out. A skew to kill. Skew to kill? A skew to kill. Not, uh, no. You said a skew to a kill is what you keep well, because, saying. Because there's a movie called A View to a Kill. I thought it was Isn't A View it? to Kill. I think it's just to kill. I don't think a it's to kill? a kill. Yeah. Well, so. fuck. All right, let's just call it God damn it. CJ here with a few thank yous, and I'll let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. Listen to Podeskew on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you find podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and comment. 
We want to thank our logo designer and show friend, Mike, for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at mpxl.s, the number two, art at gmail.com. Again, that's mpxl.s, two, art at gmail.com. Thank you to Dubbed in English for our opening theme music, 96 Reasons. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for our closing music, Theme Askew. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel-Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. I spent the last seven years settled down, and what has it gotten me? I'm standing in a pool of blood on top of a stack of bodies. and dislikes people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouthfeel. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat on confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500.